0: Welcome to the Modernizer Dive Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the ColdFusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modernizer Dive Podcast, CFML News Edition. It's up to episode 137, and it's March 1st. White rabbits, or whatever you're supposed to say. (laughs) <laughs> do you guys do that here in America? I haven't heard of that before. What is the white rabbits? What oh, we, what is that? My, my mom would always wake up on the first day of the month, you'd say white rabbits before you say anything else. Good luck, apparently, or something. I don't know. Well, I'm an Alice <laughs> and
1: Wonderland theme, but we'll go with it.
0: <laughs> yep. Maybe my mom's just crazy. We haven't decided on that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone
1: has, has that. The jury's still out. So. Yeah,
0: but my book's longer than your book. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm Gavin Pickens, Senior Developer for Order Solutions, and I'm along with Dan Card, another Senior Developer for Order Solutions. So, first up, let's thank our sponsors, Order Solutions, the makers of Forge Commandbox, Forgebox, TestBox, and lots and lots of other boxes.
1: Yeah, there's a couple ways you can do that. One is basically subscribe to the Ortis, uh podcast that we have here. Uh every, every week. As, as Gavin mentioned, we're out to uh, episode 137. Um, like and uh, like subscribe to the videos on YouTube. Uh, we also are looking kind of, kind of a push to see if we can get our, our repo starred on uh, GitHub. There's a new box that, or a new um, module that, that's out there for command box, it's command box hyphen GitHub. And basically what it does is it goes through and it, it checks all the dependencies in whenever you have a project and stars them um, on your behalf at the order site. So that'd be a really big help if people could do that. Um, other than that, we have the podcast, free or paid accounts on CFcasts. Uh, we have the ordus the orders books, including the 102 Coldbox HMVC Quick Tips and Tricks. That's available on Gumroad, which is Gum.co. Coldbox cold Tips.
0: Yep, and we'll get that in the show notes and the chat for those watching live on YouTube. So. Uh, The other way uh, we're able to put on this podcast is through our Patreon supporters. We've got 36 awesome Patreons providing 97% of the funding for this podcast. So that means Audis has more money for all the other things that Audis does in the community. And so we really appreciate all those supporters. We'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end of the show. But let's get into our news and events. And we're actually pretty light on news, but we're going to go over a few of the things you might've missed from last week or the week before. So what do we got first?
1: Uh, Well, in case you missed it, Lucy, five point. 3.9.8, three point nine point eight least candidate one uh, it was released now in the shorthand that that basically means that all um, that with the advent of that five point three point nine um, that command box now is completely hundred percent free of the log 4j uh, 1x did you guys remember a couple months ago that was found that that had um, had an X point we actually couldn't reproduce it in cold fusion which was nice but this is good to know that it's not that isn't in there at all um, and uh, yeah, so basically, if you see that, download it, test it, make infosec happy, and uh, let us know how it goes.
0: Yep. So CommandBox five point five point alpha has that uh five three nine as the base build.
1: Pretty so good to say was the actual version. Thank you. I appreciate yes. it. <laughs> nah, no, no problem.
0: Yep. And like I said, I'm not sure if it's uh, it might almost be released. I hadn't seen anything from Brad about it yet, so we're probably still alpha testing. So if you get a chance, yeah, let us know if you get any issues. Obviously, I would hope to get that released out soon. Okay, we also had um, Brad Wood again last week. He had his Autist webinar for February. He talked about what was new in commandbox 5.x. So we went over all the different things and showed you a great way to actually see that for yourself in the release notes. Brad has great release notes in the Autist Books website for Command Box. So uh, you can go through that. And we have the video up on CFcast. So we'll be sharing that with you guys shortly as well. Uh, we had also had the first SeaFug uh, meet up in Hawaii last week, but I believe there was actually some issue and there was a last minute cancellation due to some technical difficulty. So um, hopefully we can get that one rescheduled. I know they've got one already scheduled for March, um, um, so that one's coming up. But um, good to see uh, this Hawaii SeaFug is you know up and running, and uh, hopefully they get uh, smoother stuff for the next few.
1: I guess I had a couple of posts last week up on Facebook, which was good. Um, the, the Hawaii cold, cold fusion that I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Also, in the in case you missed category, last week, or actually, I guess last Thursday, uh, Mark Takata did a presentation on using Cold Fusion and Adobe PDF to do reports um, from cloud-based no-code data sources, stuff like Google Sheets, um, and how to generate PDF-based reports from there. Um, the link is actually up on the on the. Um, I think Gavin will put it in the chat. Uh, there's the register button was grayed out we saw that but hopefully they'll, they'll be putting that content up on either the YouTube channel or up on the, um, their webinar page
0: yeah I haven't seen it yet um, so we're hopefully we'll we'll see that here soon so okay Adobe workshops um, join the Adobe Cold Fusion workshop to learn about you know how you can leverage coldfusion it's great for um, beginners and maybe even uh, older developers that just want you to touch up um, right now we have one scheduled in March and it's going to be by Damian brundocks and that's going to be in the central European time, 9 a.m. Central European time on March 9th. Uh, the website allows you to register for free. So it's a great one. And we have a few more coming up here in the next few months. So he's got plenty coming if you can't make this one. And hopefully we'll get a few more in the American time zones. Um, Brian Sappy told the last one.
1: Uh, for a list of all those, especially ones that are coming up, um, in uh, the near future, they have them scheduled, I believe, all the way through May. Um, the link is actually in the cha- in the, the chat, but it's meetus.adobeevents.com/coldfusion.
0: Perfect. Okay. So next up, we'll talk about CFCast. So cfcast.com is our video training resource. Uh, We have free and paid content available. And last week, we just released another free video, which was the webinar for orders for February. And that was Brad talking about what's new in Command Box 5. So that is available up on CFCast. I know we have a few more series we're working on. I'm trying to get one of my series underway too. So we'll have lots more great content coming to you soon for CFCast. Okay. Oops. Next up, we have some conferences training. and training.
1: Sorry, Kevin. Sorry, about that. a lot of conferences and training coming up. For example, DevNexus is coming up. It's the largest JavaScript uh, conference in the of uh, the US. April twelfth through fourteenth. It's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Brad and um, Brad Wood and and, um, and uh, Luis Mahana will be speaking from from Word. It's Luis speaking on Alpine JS. Uh, it's called Alpine JS. Declare and React with Simplicity. Uh, Brad's speaking on getting more involved with open source projects. So he's talking about what is a pull request and uh, how do you contribute? And all that can be seen at the devnexus.com website, which with my newfound power to paste into the chat, the links is there as well.
0: Perfect. And I think you said JavaScript is actually Java, but uh, Luis, is talking, yeah, Luis is actually talking about JavaScript. So uh, right, it's one of those things. So yeah, basically big conference. Next up, we also have DockerCon. So May 10th, we're going to have the free online virtual conference for DockerCon. And they'll have all the usual, so they product demos, breakout sessions, technical sessions. Um, they'll have stuff from their partners, experts, captains, community, and everybody else. So there's a lot of great stuff in there. Uh, Be to them in person before. They're great conferences. So DockerCon. Do- DockerCon. Uh, Docker.com/slash/dockercon, and you can <laughs> check that out. Uh, it's a it's a great conference. So if you're looking at Docker or something like that, uh, definitely want to go to that one. Okay, Fair what time. else we have?
1: Well, coming up in June, just to contrast that, we said DevNexus was a Java conference, just wanted to make sure. This is now a JavaScript conference. It's Vue.js, uh, the US Vue.js conference. It's in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, June 8th through the 10th, 2022. And there, the slogan is Beach Code View. I'm going to guess it's actually going to go probably in that order. Uh, but the workshop day is then on June 8th. The main conference is on the 9th and 10th. The call for papers did close yesterday, uh, so we had a great idea for for uh, uh, for a talk, uh, wait till next year. But definitely go, it's at us.viewjs.org.
0: Yep, I'm really hoping I can get to that one. Fingers crossed and all that. We also have Into the Box uh, tentative dates, so September 27th through the 30th for Into the Box in Houston. Uh, we're still confirming the venue, so once we know that, we'll be able to plan a little better. Uh, Into the Box LATAM is still planned um, for December 1st and 2nd. And 2022 so that's later in the year we haven't seen anything from adobe yet see if they're going to do cf summit in person or uh, online again we'll find out and let you know as soon as we do
1: and a few more conferences after that they're the ba- uh, great website to go for that huge list of conferences for almost any topic any language is confs.tech c-o-n-f-s dot t-e-c-h and also in the chat
0: cool cool okay Let's talk about some blogs, tweets and videos of the week and Vil who's actually in the chat is our first one. So Vil is actually talking about logbox, track your database changes, part two. So, um, he's really diving into some of this content. Uh, he's been talking about quick a little bit and ORM and, and everything else. Um, and so this one's a good one. Basically he breaks down ORM Hibernate and as he mentions it's like Hibernate doesn't have the best reputation Uh, and maybe he thinks it's not well deserved so um, you know Hibernate is uh, obviously the ORM that ColdFusion and Lucy both have and you're right Will uh, it does have a a bad reputation Uh, and one of the reasons he mentioned was error messages are hard to understand and he says well quicker really they can be hard to understand too if you're not the the one who wrote it Um, but yeah so ORM has had some issues, and I know one of the biggest issues was is the change of versions between, you know, Lucy had one version, CF had another version, and another version of ColdFusion had this and that, and some of them were old and some of them are new, and so we had all sorts of fun with ORM, uh, Lucy, um, not a lot of people on Lucy were using ORM, so it did not get as much love as it needed. And so as I think Will said here, it took him uh, a few years to fix three lines of code when he moved from Lucy 4 to 5 to, to fix his ORM bugs. So um, yeah, but it's a really good bo- blog post. He goes through sort of comparing, uh, you know, how to get things set up with ORM and event handling and with Fusion. And so he walks through all of that, all the steps you need, compares and contrasts with Quick as well a little bit. So you can see, um, but uh, there's really good blog post. So if you're looking at ORM or deciding if you want quick or ORM, uh, you know, that's a, a good blog post for that. And as he mentions, you can still track your database, even if you're not using either of those with some extra creativity and he's going to blog about that in the future. So, um, that's really cool. So I, I like seeing that I've used quick and ORM there's definitely pros and cons to both of them. You know, there's certain things that are just really sharp in, in, in both of them, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, read that, learn a little bit more, and uh figure out which one you want to use.
1: Makes sense. Yeah, those projects they're like they seem going to be, they're gonna be gonna be monumental, they're not like two lines like oh, if I'd known that I would have done it like, you know, a year and a half ago when I first thought of it.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: So the next blog we have is from Ben Adele, upgrading my ColdFusion blog from MySQL 5.7.10 to MySQL 8.0.28. I always get lost in those version codes. Basically from MySQL 5 to, uh, my, to MySQL 8. The jump is huge. The pain is real, people. But this is actually a really cool um, blog post. I was just skimming through it and kind of wish that I had read this about two years ago when I tried doing this uh and bailed on it and actually reverted everything back to 5.0 because it was a pain um but it goes through and talks about the steps that he took to clean up the connection source um oh he has a whole list of things that he actually goes through and, and talks about how he actually created it from the connection strings and everything else so if you use mysql and you are thinking about to, about doing the upgrade which obviously eventually has to happen i would recommend um skimming through this because it actually was a really uh, really good source of material um yeah. And with, 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 what's interesting about this, other than this the, during the upgrade, is just how the different databases. This is going to sound kind of dumb, but for example, in my in um, Microsoft SQL Server, I was always used to just having multiple SQL strings uh, concatenated in the same call, with a you know uh, separated by a by a semicolon. Evidently, that's a thing in MySQL that you have to actually turn on. So I couldn't figure out why this entire section of a website wasn't working when we changed databases, and I'm like, this is basic SQL turns out it wasn't as basic as i thought anyway random
0: thoughts yeah i know that they had a a feature in cold fusion where you had to enable it for security and everything too so people wouldn't basically add some sql injection on the end of your thing put a semicolon drop database type stuff you know and so that was just an extra security feature they added but uh yeah yeah. it made perfect sense i just wasn't ready for it yeah exactly when you don't know you don't know then (laughs) boom (laughs) Okay. okay well next up We have one from Matthew Clemente, and so this one talks about an approach to using Hyper, QB, LogBox, and other CodeBox modules with Framework 1. And this is something, as he mentions, that Tony Junkies over the years blogged quite a bit about using CodeBox modules within Framework 1, and Matthew said that he ended up doing something slightly different than what Tony did, so he thought it'd be worth documenting. So this is a request we get quite often, as you know. How can we use our, you know, your callbox modules in Framework One? And we're like, you can. A lot of them are actually standalone. Like LogBox is a standalone library, um, you know. But in this blog post, you'll see, basically, you know, ColdBox does a lot of things for you when you use these modules. There's conventions that basically set things up, wire things up, and and everything. And so. If you're going to use them outside of cold box, you just have to do that work yourself. It doesn't mean you can't use them. Um, you can, a lot of them you can use pretty easily too. And this blog post is a great reference if you're looking to do that, but you'll see what cold box is doing under the covers to get it to work because you have to do it manually in here. and so. You know, he set up some uh, subsystems with hyper and logbox and qb and he talks about why he doesn't like using subsystems for modules. And so this is really good. If you're you know new to framework one or haven't used the pullbox module, this is a great read. He also does link to several of Tony's uh, blog posts here, which are really important too. So uh that's a great blog post and uh, I'm glad that he got the stuff working and everything. And he even put a little example GitHub repo app out there for you guys. So that's a great Great share. So thanks very much, Matthew, for doing that. Awesome. Cool. All right, continue on with some of the Adobe
1: stuff. Mark Dacata um, has a blog series. This was called Building a Data Import Workflow Using Cloud Data Sources and CFML. Well, first I read that and I'm like, well, that, why, would it, why would it be different than just a regular data source? It just points to a cloud source versus just a regular database. When I opened it up, he's actually talking about a library that I had never heard of, um, but sounded really pretty cool called htmx.org. And what it allows you to do is actually make AJAX calls from an aspect of the DOM. So for example, you build your HTML page and instead of having to wire up with Ajax calls or, or another uh, JavaScript uh, framework, htmx.org actually allows you to write some of the calls right in your HTML. It makes the, it, you know, it, you, you, you put the verb right in there. It, make, it makes the call, comes back, and then fills in that DOM element with what it got back from the call, which hmm. was kind of a cool kind of a cool thing. And I was like, I'd never heard of that before. So um what he's talking about is how to actually make calls. I think two cold, cold fusion pages. And he brings up the example of either calling a CFM. Yeah. He actually calls a CFM post, our CFM page with a post call and um, does some other stuff in there, which I thought was interesting there seems to be a real push to kind of have like pre-compiled HTML returning back to the browser recently. That's what... I know, it's, what, what's it's anyway, funny,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what it does. Like in the old days, you guess what? You had a server that gave you HTML. It's cold fusion. Right. <laughs> and then you had HTML in the front that would go and get html and then you'd go and get json and then inflate the html in the front because you didn't want to spend so much over the wire but yeah it's kind of like you know cycles there's always cycles and they just you know trying to streamline processes and make things more reactive but in the end it's like server-side rendered stuff is basically old school let's build it on the server and they would just make it easy to hydrate and yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I was thinking about reading it, this guy, I was going off. he's like it's, it's a fully functional,
1: completely wireless, random access, listen to music wherever you want. And this old guy next to me says, yes, it was called the radio when I was little. Yeah. But, you know, that
0: worked. <laughs> yep. Charlie shared us something on the Adobe portal as well. So we talked about how ColdFusion's download page moved into the docs. And uh, the JVM download UI is being tweaked too. So you'll see that when you go to download adobe call fusion you can also pick the different installers for the jdks and everything so um you know nice little setup there so again uh thanks charlie for keeping us up to date on all these things because sometimes you can like wreck your brain trying to figure out where they put stuff <laughs> so
1: very true so i'm looking here in the show notes and i had highlighted um, an article that i wanted to talk about and uh I, I think i missed because then the one that i have no idea what he's talking about is one that's highlighted now so again from ben the he talks about embedding encryption key version within the encrypted payload in lucy uh, now the yep. gist i got from this and gevin help me out a little bit here but the gist i got basically is almost making the hash self-documenting is that kind of a yeah, way to look at it because
0: uh, we actually talked about the, the earlier post last week and so he was basically talking about how he, he used to have a migration database migration that would add an extra column it would store the you know information about the algorithm and then you'd you know basically go through the database processing each of the fields and storing this you know the hash and the salt and all those types of things and then you'd have to go remove them once he's done with the migration he's like all that work and i could have just put it in inside the you know, the encryption key like bcrypt does for example. And there's a lot of other ones that do it as well. And so, you know, he talked about how he wanted to obviously uh, abstract that a little bit. So there was like an ID that represented a, a certain format. That way he wasn't actually putting the the algorithm and the encrypted, you know, and the, and the version and, and all that information publicly visible, but he wanted to store a key of the encryption type and put that in his payload. And so this is him actually trying to get a proof of concept working, I think gotcha cool.
1: Very so, cool yeah I skimmed it and I was like I'm not sure I quite get it but at the same time it looks really cool and it probably is very applicable to my life so one of these days I'll understand it
0: <laughs> yeah no it's one of those things you know a lot of times we use other tools that are already pre-made uh, Ben likes to to build on top of that and yeah it's I mean you already had a system and so this is just you know extending that with the, the keys so very cool
1: makes sense yep
0: so next up, we have another one from Ben. And so this one is talking about installing Fusion Reactor. And we love Fusion Reactor over here at Autis. Um, and as soon as he installed it, he found a huge oversight in his cold fusion queries. Um, I think it's a bit of a trick question because he asked you if you can figure it out. So for those watching, I'll scroll down and uh, we'll see if we can get this picture any bigger. But he was basically talking about it and you know, looking through, do you notice anything wrong with it? And I was like, uh, what am I supposed to be looking for? Right. But yeah, basically, um, what he was referring to is he has this debug method that he likes to put in all his queries, so you know where it came from. And so, and based in your query itself, he would have this comment, and that comment would have a debug, and it would tell you how it got to it. So partials all active posts, for example. So that way, inside the inside Fusion Reactor whatnot, you'll be able to see that that query came from a certain location really easily and so it makes it easier for you to figure out and so that blog post talked about that and why he did it and how he's using string concatenation and everything else um yeah basically it's it's pretty cool um it is and, i
1: like and, this I, I i love self-documenting stuff because like you look at the at the at the uh The Fusion Ratchet log, you have no idea what query that is unless you actually have your entire code base memorized, you know, which some people do. God bless them, I am not one of them. (laughs) Uh, But I thought thought, thought this was neat. And what's interesting about this, too, is, is, sorry, this was just kind of a bigger topic this last week, um, where we're having a conversation about how does an error, how is an error going to work? Because if you have an error that blows up and you're using a tool in like in real time you can see the error and it blows up but if you're doing something headless where does the error message actually go so stuff like this I so thought was fascinating where it can actually help you um you know if you are running something headless you can actually just see where everything is in addition to having be able to just kind of analyze your the calls and everything else so there's just I learned that about sql this, this is a very educational show
0: i learned a lot yeah and i, I love the way Sentry works too we've been using Sentry for quite a while for our logging and everything and so even when you have an api and you catch you know an error message and you return a nice api error message it's still good to be able to send that the error that you caught out to Sentry or whatnot so you know it's there um but that's the other thing too i actually was debugging yesterday and found all these errors and i was going through it and then i realized oh i actually caught that i handled it i'm logging it so i can do something with it i'm like i need to make sure that i track that differently so i need to like add add a tag to it saying you know it was was a handled exception but doesn't mean we don't want to know about it you know so there's some some interesting things like that
1: when you build something in, you're like, this is a great idea that I put in here. And then you forget that you did it. You're like, oh, I was brilliant when I did that. I did nothing with the information, but that was a really good thing for me to put that in there. Exactly.
0: So what do we got next?
1: All right. So, again, going going with uh, with our Ben Adele theme, pretty much this section is pretty much Ben. He's, I, seriously, I have I – I, sorry, a couple things. I wish Ben and Luis and a couple of people would get together and just put on a seminar on – how we actually create amazing companies and make you know, and make all these blog posts at the same time. I'm like, I don't understand just the complete volume and quality of content that comes out. I, um, I did a blog post two years ago and I was very proud of myself and I haven't done one since. <laughs> so every two years, like clockwork. Uh, this was a cool topic, I thought, um, which was neat. So the topic is irrational guilt uh, over using order by ID or sorry, order by with the ID column. In a cold fusion SQL query. And the, the point here is that he's going through and saying well, what's the best way to actually do so sorry, the blog was actually a combination of two things. It was a technical blog talking about how orders and um, how databases come up with their with their their plan for doing the actual query, which not coming from a really strong I mean I know SQL and stuff, but I never thought about how the database actually does all the query and what The plan of it was um, until recently when a guy on on one of my teams was talking about it. I'm like, oh, to me, it was just black magic. You just asked a question and the data came back, but there's this whole back end to it. But what uh, Ben's talking about here basically is how um, he was able to actually kind of sort of figure out from a performance point of view. He he talked about basically in a given database that he had or table that he had, the ID was an auto increment number and the create at date was the auto increment date and he was talking about the performance issues in terms of uh ordering by the id which was a number and indexed and everything else versus ordering by the date um whatever and he was deciding that he was ordering it by the id since it was basically the same thing since each one of those things was going up never backwards only up or you know something so it was the same thing and But he he was having like this, this internal conflict between that isn't the right way to do it. And he basically said, that's a stupid way to look at things because it works. It's real. It's valid. It may not be the right way to do things in a pure, you know, in a purely point of view. Um, But he said that it made sense. And sometimes we drive ourselves nuts going, you know, backing backing ourselves in a quarter, trying to do things from an ideal theoretical point of view. Versus something that actually is valid and real and practical and and uh, and probably better in terms of performance and stuff. As someone that kind of wrestles with that sometimes, like, is this the right way to do this or not? I kind of appreciated this in addition to the technical aspects of how the the, the plan worked. So uh, yeah. that was something to check out, I think.
0: I know. And then don't forget. Don't just stop and you get to the bottom, and you know, the bottom of the article because down here someone asked about why not just create an index on the created it column, right? That's something he didn't mention in the, in the, in the blog post, but here he's talking about why you would do that and how indexes are not free. And, you know, so he explains yep. even that. And so his, I mean, that's a blog post for some people. That's his comment response there. Yep. Um, you know, so again, uh, really, really detailed. And as Bill said, takes me hours to write only one. I don't know how fast he can, you know, how he can write that fast, you know, but that's, <laughs> yeah, it's basically one of those things, you know, so. These two fingers only go so quick, you know. I know, I gotta get, you know, figure out I'll use my third and fourth finger when I'm typing. Exactly. I'm like Double my efficiency, right? <laughs> exactly.
1: It's all about the metrics.
0: Yep, exactly. So, well, that wraps up our blog, tweets, and videos of the week. Lots of great content out there, guys. So, uh, Worth keeping up on for sure. But next up, let's talk about find a job. And we've got, it uh, looks like, five new jobs listed on getcfmodjobs.com. I've seen a few floating over the tweeter-verse this week. So what do we got?
1: So we've got a couple of things. First one up here is actually up here in Boston. So if you've never been to Boston, come visit. It's a great place. Um, more fun find a new way I mean, It's good. I've lived here for a while. I enjoyed it. Uh, but it's a company, basically, they're looking for a, for a senior developer. Uh, they put the name of the company in here. It was... Of course, now I've forgotten it. Um, oh my goodness! Anyway, basically, it's Boston, a Boston. It is remote, so you don't have to move, move, move to Boston if you don't want to because it does get cold. Um, they're looking for a senior developer, uh, Fusion Metro experience, MySQL. Maybe um, can read Ben's post and help them upgrade to version eight. Um, a couple of years of, of a Cold Fusion Lucy experience, and then some stuff with REST. So uh, definitely check that out. Uh, there's there's some other ones that are happening in Overland, Kansas. There's a couple companies. There's one up in Ottawa, Ottawa, Ontario, um, in Montreal. Also, evidently, Canada is open for cold fusion recently. Uh, the one that was in Montreal, I think, was for one of the phone companies or something like that. Um, and the one that was in Ontario, in Ottawa, uh, which I was informed, I believe, is the capital of Canada, uh, was looking for a cold fusion and JavaScript. Um, Fixed term contract or freelancer. It's a short three month contract, so if you're looking to fill some time, uh, by all means, contact them. And it was uh, More Race Solutions was, was the name of the company. Anyway, so five new jobs. Go check out C jo- or Get and all those things will be on there. Uh, a couple of job links you can do. Um, order Solutions about us careers. We'll put that up in the, up in the up in the, the chat as well.
0: Yep, and we have a couple of jobs posted in there, we got one in the American time zones, and we also have one for our LATAM, uh, I think rib developers, I always have to try and translate this in my head, uh, so developer of web in the El Salvador team. So we got a couple of jobs there, uh, we're pretty much always looking, you know, we're always growing our team, uh, the oldest team's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, we almost need like another uh, another room at the conference just for all the auditors attendees to to join the audit members that so a lot of good content uh, a lot of great job opportunities in the cfml world so go go look at some and yeah if you're looking for a job plenty of options so remember get and then uh, they do scrape from most of the, the big providers And if you've got a job that you'd like to post, uh, let us know. I did get one from Daniel Fredericks and I forgot to put it in the notes. I just remembered it right now. So uh, I'll try and add it to the show notes when I post them. Sorry about that. Uh, But yeah, we'll, we'll get that one out as well. Okay. So next up we have our forge box module of the week. And this one actually uh, links back to something we talked about earlier, the log for j So, this is one that Brad worked on. Originally, he did a log4j scanner, and that would help uh, look at your code and look for different things. And what Brad has done is actually released a new version. This is based on this github.com slash white source log4j detect distribution. So, apparently, it works a lot better um, than the the previous version or the previous. Provider that he used so this is a log for j tech project it's native go binary um, and basically it'll scan a folder of jars for vulnerable files so it works pretty well um, pretty easy as well the commands are pretty simple and it spits out a really nice uh, little list there and tells you what you have and what might be a vulnerability or not so it's pretty cool Brad was tweeting about it a little bit this week so if you look at Brad's tweets you'll find out a little bit more but that's up on so command box dash log4j dash detect the link is there in the chat perfect okay so cool little module just to make sure you're clean and clear and nothing else is lingering um get that and run that and make sure you're safe
1: all right moving on to the vs code hits tips and tricks of the week uh we have this week as icon fonts for uh for 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 vs code uh Wait, it's basically snippets for popular uh, icon fonts, such as font-awesome, ion uh, icons, sorry, glyph icons, octa icons, material design icons, and all, um, a lot more. And it's basically just designed to be able to put all those things in your code
0: yeah it's pretty cool because it actually will um complete the snippet for you too so if it's you know if you're using font awesome it wraps in the the i tag if you're using like a glyph icon it knows to put in a span so it knows how to do it and it's just kind of nice we're using some updates content box 5 has a new version of font awesome so some of our icons weren't working and this type of module is just great for that to help you find the right one so pretty cool that for emojis I, I, I
1: think it's really cool when people have like the right emoji or anything else in the chat. I always spend like three hours looking through. I don't. How did they find that one so quickly?
0: Yeah, I know. They're just. I know it's not numbers. really
1: the same thing, but it struck me similar. <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, I I feel you. <laughs> but so if you go check that out, it's up on the marketplace.visualstudio.com, and it's the icon fonts. There we go. Next up we have our Patreon supporters. So thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. They individually, personally sponsor uh, our open source initiatives to ensure the really great tools like Command Box, Forge Box, Code Box, Content Box, Test Box, and almost every other box that we, we make out there uh, get supported, and this podcast is one of those products. Um, I know that uh, the cost of hard infrastructure alone, just for ForgeBox and our uh, package management with CommandBox, uh, you know, of all that free space that you're getting now uh, is on the free accounts. Like that all adds up. And so we're really, we're really thankful that they can, you know, support us in this podcast and that gives orders more funds to be able to spread out through those other projects. So we appreciate you.
1: And the way that you can do that, support us on Patreon at patreoncom solutions. Uh, don't forget, we have annual memberships. We basically can get a discount on your on your generosity. Pay for the year and get us get a save and save ten percent, which is really kind of handy if you're in a business and you need a budget for a certain thing. Um, there's also different packages, branch packages, and up now get a Forgebox Pro account uh, as well as a CF as, as C- Cast subscription um, as a perk as a thank you. All Patreon supporters get to have a profile badge on the on the community website on the Orders community website. Um, And all Patreon supporters have their own private forum access on the community website just for Patreon supporters as a way to maybe get some help a little quicker than you would be um, in the already helpful uh, Slack channels and everything else. This is just kind of as a thank you for support of the company. Um, By the way, that's also a quick plug for our community. It's community.ordasolutions.com. And uh, that's kind of where we're moving a lot of uh, uh, conversations and chat and that kind of stuff. Not away from Slack. I meant from like the Google groups a long time ago. Uh, Anyway. Kevin, are you doing the names or study the names? This
0: week? I will do the names. I was just trying to see if I could find that um, that email about the job real quick to be able to throw in oh, here, gotcha. but I couldn't find it in time. So, in that so. case,
1: I will do a quick soft shoe and sing. No, I will not do that. while Kevin? <laughs> Kevin's <while Gavin's laughs> looking for the post?
0: No, that's fine. Um, I'll, I'll add it later. I'm sorry, Dan. Uh, he did email to me, and, and so I should have got that out. But anyway, uh, it'll be in the show notes, and we'll probably cover it next week if it's still available. So, our Patreons, thank you to each and every one of you. John Wilson from Synaptrix, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Mario Rodriguez, Giancarlo Gomez, Dav- David Bellinger, Dan Card, Jonathan Perrette, Jeffrey McGee from Sunstar Media 6, Dean Maunder, Joseph Lamery, Don Bellamy, Jan Yannick, Laxmeth hadi Calvin Stanton, Jeremy Adams, Didi and... Matthew Clemente, Daniel Garcia, Steinbeck, <laughs> St- Scott Steinbeck from Agritracking Systems. He's in the chat too, so sorry about that. Ben Nidal, Brett DeLine, Kai Koenig, Charlie Earhart, Jonas Erickson, Jason Dager, Sean Odin, Matthew Darby, Ross Phillips, Edgardo Cabasas, Patrick Flynn, Steffi Munji, John Wish, Kevin Wright, and Peter and Mary. So we've got a lot of great people there, and we want to say thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us. It is appreciated.
1: Just think, you could be on that list as well, next to those illustrious names, by being a, a Patreon supporter. You can always see an updated list of all the sponsors on the Order Solutions website, which is ordersolutions.com. If you go to the About Us slash Sponsors page, and there it is, you'll be able to check out who's on there. Say thank you, join them, like I said, and uh, there we go. Yeah, that's our plug.
0: Scott said, "I'm the first person to ever miss up his name." I blame the the lack of morning drinks i should have drank some more water before i started talking today anyways well thanks everybody for joining us uh episode 137 is in the can so (laughs) i know will will's like you should try my last name it's like i know i mess it up all the time i even say will wrong i say instead of saying will uh vil i say will Uh, i know you've explained it to me like a lot of times so anyway uh we appreciate all of you thanks for everyone joining us in the chat and we'll catch you all next week Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and BlueTree Audio.